that there's yeah. not more education on this and that it's not, you know, available. I mean, it's just amazing that I was reading about him and I mean, you could, we can, you could change the whole world with him. I'm sorry. That's right. No, with yeah. him, you can even revitalize the newspaper industry. Yeah. Because you don't need expensive uh, trees no, to be on. cut down anymore. You can just grow mm -hmm. hemp and make hemp paper. But when it comes down to actually like saying like campus is going to rebuild the communities, it's no, it's like hemp herd mixed with lime and water is going to <laughs> go rebuild the communities. Nice. Literally, Literally. Yeah. 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 It's like you're all, it's all great that they're going to, you know, you know, they're going to build schools like they're doing in Denver, but that's when you say campus is going to rebuild the communities, that's what it's going to do. It's going to feed them with hemp seeds and complete nutrient pro like. Everyone's focusing on the therapeutic aspect. You really need a nutritional too. You need to get your amino acids, protein, fiber, everything's all in the seeds and the and the protein powder is a balanced source of your body can repair itself and then the cannabinoids come in and do what they do on the cellular level that way, right? So you're consuming the nutrition, you're clothing yourself with like shoes, t shirt, these both are made out of it. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, there's uh, you know, if you want to start a construction company, uh, Hemp Creek, you know, you, you know, it's like con instead of concrete, there's Hemp Creek, and it's more stable than concrete. It doesn't wear wear away. Um, it's more stable um, in that form. So yeah, it's it's endless. Is there anything in the law, the proposed bills for legalization about hemp growing hemp? Rico well? Sierra, the, the mayor of Trenton, before he left. Yeah sponsored a bill to legalize hemp in New Jersey I'm not sure and, that, and it was like just the last day of him being a state assembly person they honored him by passing it finally it was either not in committee or in committee and it right. just never went anywhere but they know how how dedicated you know Reed was yeah. about about this issue <clears throat> and I believe at least the assembly now has it passed so now it's up to the state Senate side but Shirley Turner, our, our representative, is opposed to it. Really? Yeah, Shirley uh, wrote me a letter when I when I asked her as my as my as her constituent, I asked her what her position was, and she wrote it back that she feels that legalizing cannabis sends the wrong message to children, but not alcohol, not gambling, not uh, prescription medication. Not fighting, not boxing, not football, whatever. But cannabis sends the wrong message to children. She listens to the church lobby a lot. Right. Yeah, it's all the, the Baptist stuff with her, exactly. And it's unfortunate. So people think she's liberal because she's a Democrat in Mercer County. And no, she's not. And once again, it's those stigmas that we got to, like, end right. up Right. Well, and she won't budge, by the way. Ken. Walski, the, the adult right. in the room, as far as educating these, um, you know, legislators, she will not budge. Her and Ron Rice of Newark. This guy, this guy came out with a, a statement that he now is now famously known for uh, being a buffoon. He claimed that if marijuana got legalized in New Jersey, there would be a dispensary across the street from his office in Newark, and there would be, they, they would be selling, and this it's just so crazy, they would be selling sex toys made out of marijuana if we legalized it. This is from a man who's that's been bad, in public office bad. most of his adult <laughs> life. 
He's a state senator. That's not going anywhere because he gets reelected. Republicans don't even bother putting up a candidate. So this guy claimed that, you know, the, he just made this stuff up. He, 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 he can't even be bothered with the facts. But we just go, we have to go around those people. We, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. Talking to a, a lobbyist, I mentioned it the other day, and, you know, she was talking about, uh, it was with the League of Women Voters, and they were actually, uh, I think they're trying to get license. It's a, they're a push to, to have, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, it's the issue. But she was saying you count up people, literally, we find out who is for us, who's against us, and then you go around. I mean, that's what, that's when they hire a lobbyist, that's what a lobbyist is doing. Right. You're literally counting votes. I mean, so there's somebody who isn't, but there are other people who, who haven't necessarily made, been informed and who are willing to, to listen and stuff. So, you know, whatever, surely, you know, a lot of people are going to follow the money. And a lot Hopefully, of people are, yeah. are, you know, Phil, Phil Murphy's for it. We, Jersey is in desperate need of this um, tax revenue. So it's going to happen. So, you know, it's, it's a real opportunity because people are between a brick and a hard Right, place. and here, here's, another, here's another issue you should, you should support, and obvious, you should support legalization of cannabis. But another issue that's going to be important, and I think we talked about it just before the meeting, everyone here should be in favor of a public bank. Public banking means the state of New Jersey bank. It doesn't mean you can go there and open up a checking account. But what it does mean is that New Jersey will be able to loan itself money at 1% interest rate compared to Wall Street's 30% interest rate. The money stays in New Jersey. Trenton can now afford to fix all the potholes because it's borrowing from the Bank of New Jersey instead of from Wall Street. And the other thing that's important for us as cannabis entrepreneurs is that if you're planning on touching the leaf, well, guess what? You're not going to get banking services until it's legalized on the federal level. But Phil Murphy wants to create a public bank of New Jersey so that you can safely put the money in a deposit there rather than under your bed at night. And so you won't get stuck with two hundred thousand dollars in cash. And don't feel like such a criminal. Right, right. You know. And, and that's the problem they're having yeah. in, in Denver is that there's a booming industry for security guards, uh, security services like the the Brinks trucks. Li literally, they have to go around. They have a secured location where the money goes, and and, and these cannabis entrepreneurs they sell twenty thousand dollars worth of weed every day, but that they got twenty thousand dollars in cash. You know, they can't chart, they can't use Visa, they can't use MasterCard, they, they maybe checks, I don't know. But but again, if you if you got weed in your name, you will not be able to get a bank account. And and a public bank for New Jersey is also gonna help the state monitor the situation, meaning if you're worried about the mob getting involved, well, don't worry anymore because now the state will handle the money and they'll be able to to watch it. This is the Supreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's not good. It'll be minimized. You know, it, you know that, that kind of interference will be minimized. But but a public bank is something that you also need to learn about and support. You know, to jump in here a little bit, it sounds as though most people here have a quite a bit of uh, industry experience in some capacity or not. But since I am recording this and we'll distribute it, could we take it back to that that baseline, that one on one level? And get some information that I can I can extract and I can put it out to the general person out there who thinks if I smoke pot I'm going to jump off a building 
or just my daughter stuff. smokes it, she's gonna get pregnant and get raped by a bunch. Here's of your baseline. People. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, because I, I think we've got a lot of information from you. I want to get some other people in the circle involved in this. So if we could maybe have a conversation a bit more about some of the some of the baseline stuff, the simple basics of where we are with the industry. Well, I know like, if you look, a lot of numbers are coming out of Colorado, and the numbers that you could look at from Colorado. By the way, I'm not a fan of Colorado's like market at all. Like since day one, I said that like the way that it's like restricted is, is just sucks. It doesn't it, it doesn't allow the market to like fully grow. They're obviously changing it now, so it's more expandable. But um, but Nick was saying like the kids are going to get access to it. Like numbers from Colorado has already proven like that's not true. Right. Um, the fear that people will be driving around high, getting into accidents, um, the arrest of like pullovers and things like that, and for cannabis reasons, that's gone down. Um, the one thing that has gone up uh, is like small. It hasn't even really got up, but it hasn't dropped at all either. It's like small arrests, and that's still happening in urban communities in uh, Colorado. Mm -hmm. But all the negative stigmas that you think of that's been brought up, um, if you just Google. Colorado or California or Oregon who's uh, been doing a lot you'll see all those numbers can be reviewed and like there's no fact behind it being a gateway drug there's no fact behind kids are going to get their hands on it um, there's no fact that everybody's driving high or anything like that so um, it's, it's the stigma really so I was at an event at a Rider University put on by the prosecutor's office and um, the panel that was there and the vendors were all anti-legalization in all forms. And I'm not sure if she is still the mayor, but she was the mayor. I'm not sure of their governmental structure. But she was on record saying almost exactly what you said, that, that there was going to be an increase in people who were inhibited because they were smoking and they were driving, and that there was no test, and that she was against it because of that. And uh, I brought up um, the term marijuana and its racist background, and none, no one on the panel had even any idea what I was even talking that's about. Right, but they know it's a gateway drug. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what they had said. So can anyone like chime in about that? Nobody has ever died from o an overdose of marijuana in the history of humanity since the time that we have stood up straight. No one has consumed cannabis and died from it, period. They've died from opioids, they've died from cocaine and alcohol, but no one has ever died smoking a doobie and then overdosing and dying. It's, it's almost impossible to overdose on cannabis. Almost impossible. I think one thing is that if you look at the adult use side, and forget about cannabis, any medication or anything, alcohol, everything, it has to be used responsibly. Of course. You're an adult, or, you know, there are some minors, but and then you're going to use the adult as hopefully they know what to do. But as an adult, you need to do what you know is right. You know that you cannot take a large, even Advil, certain people are probably, they're uh, susceptible, you know, really feeling it uh, as more. You can't take that and go driving. You can't do this and go driving. You can't smoke and go driving. You just can't do it. It's not, and I know the tests they are trying to, and I think they came close. I don't know if anybody, if you guys knew. Breathalyzer? Yeah, yeah, to something that yeah, will right. test the, maybe within like an hour or two to be able to test because right now I think the swab is pretty horrible at this point. Uh, so that at least will help with that. But you have to be responsible. At the, you have to respect each other. You have to be responsible for getting if it, it's, we're talking about cannabis or what industry. So that kind of plays you know, a part to it to just keep it simple. You know, if you're gonna medicate, 
medically and then be in a safe place where that's, right. that's work for some people that have to. You know, some people have to medicate at work. That's what they have to do or home or wherever it is, don't just go drive. Even if you gotta go sit in a park for three hours, if that's what you gotta do, that's what you gotta do. You know, it's funny that they call it a gateway drug because it's actually more of like an exit drug because in the states that it, it is does an exit have, drug for me, it was yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, in the states that it's been medical use, opioid use has dropped twenty five percent consistently. And, and they, there's actually a term for that that they're using now: it's harm reduction. So, or, so, or, so you're you're trying to reduce the risk of them harming themselves. So, um, there is a group. Uh, I think it's called Higher Ground in California. And what they do is they'll take opioid addicts, meth addicts, like the really, really hard drugs to get off of, and they'll switch them over to marijuana, which is much easier to monitor. Um, so you can have someone that can replace that, like yourself, and then wind up rehabilitating back into normal life afterwards. So that there is some precedent for that to be happening as well. Um, I also wanted to say uh, that a lot of people don't know that when they're smoking, it takes some time for the full effects to come on. Um, I actually have some numbers for you that I think you should take down. Um, but it takes upwards of 10 minutes for you to feel the full effects. So some people would do a little bit, and like, I don't really feel anything. Do a little bit more, I might not feel anything. Do one more, then they're just off the charts and they have no idea what's going on, it's too much, they're paranoid, they don't know what's going on. And to be honest, the recommended dose for the in Pennsylvania is one or two puffs at most. And that's that's with a vaporizer. So you're not even smoking a full joint or a full bowl, which everyone is mostly familiar with. So um, having an understanding that it takes some time for it to come on will help reduce some of those side effects because people will think that, oh, it's gonna be immediate because there are some immediate effects that come on, but it, it enhances as it goes further. We see education is key. That's people take too much and have a bad experience and turn them off of cannabis use. Yeah. I mean, just like we teach kids to say, don't drink and drive. It's the same thing. Don't smoke cannabis and drive. I mean, we've been taught that since we were kids in school. Like the whole just drinking is anything like that. Don't drink until you're 21. I mean, we've all been taught that since we were kids. Same thing should start happening with cannabis so that these kids start understanding. Does anybody just understand them? Just to be responsible. That's everybody's job, just to be responsible with this medication. And that's whether, why, oh, no, I'm sorry. Whether it's a patient or a doctor asking what's the dosing strategy for cannabis, and it's frustrating because there's so many factors to consider. How there's the active metabolite, how long it acts, like you were saying, to the half-life, the form of administration, the potency, and the cannabinoids. So it's frustrating for counseling patients and telling them, you have to individualize the dose. They hate that. They want a tangible number. Sure. They want the quantity yeah. of like two aspirin. Right, exactly. Like mm -hmm. this is a forty milligram tablet of lisinopril. It's going to lower my blood pressure. But with cannabis, when I'm telling patients what to do, I always emphasize what I learned in pharmacy school: start low, go slow. Mm -hmm. And it's careful, cautious, increasingly and intermittently increasing the dose until you achieve symptom relief, and then stopping. Under, understanding your own comfort zone, how you react and individually tolerate cannabis with, regardless of potency or form of administration, and then stopping, and then being aware that if you're on other prescription medications, you can't just stop them abruptly. Uh, you have to go through it with your doctor and make sure they're monitoring you. And it's all about just being safe and cautious. So start low, go slow is something really big I've emphasized, and I love connecting with people in other parts of this industry and involving the location care that understand that because there's one thing that is easy to understand and that you can take away with you is that you just have to be careful.
You know, I, I want to say something too because I did say that I went cold turkey off all these narcotics, and I did, but I never, never, ever would recommend that to anyone. No, I mean I've spoken on, you know, at a few rallies and stuff, and that's what I did for my own personal. But I, I would do it again myself, but I would never recommend to do it because there's just so many things that can happen. But you know, unfortunately, my doctor wanted to put me on this, this, and this to get off of what I was trying to get off of. And then he said, okay, and then when you get off that, then we have to wean you off this, this, and this. I mean, it, we even got to the point where he said he wanted to put me in the hospital into an induced coma. And I said, are you out of your mind? No. But I do want to say, you know, I, I would never recommend that, going that route. Um, I'm the mother of a teenager, and I've got a daughter who was attending Lawrence High School. The kids are doing marijuana. They are smoking it. They're smoking it without supervision. They are also on pharmaceutical drugs, and they're combining them willy-nilly, and the kids are in pain. They are depressed. Um, they are really overwhelmed by the school system. There's a lot of anxiety throughout the system, and the kids are self-medicating. So if you think legal legalization will just allow us, allow the children to speak openly about what's going on and help um, medical professionals aid them in finding some relief. The, 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 you can't, they are smoking it. They are, it is rampant, rampant in the schools. So just right. don't well, even. One thing about the schools is the illegal market right now, especially in New Jersey and New York and North Jersey, is huge. I mean, way more than you would even believe, to be honest with you. And a lot of that has to do with, I mean, you look at our vape, the Cure Leaf, I think, is the, the first one that came with the vape. It was $75 for almost 0.3 gram, you know, milliliters. And then I think they chopped it today to 60. And you just, the prices are so high, but you have to look at business, supply and demand. Right now, there is not enough to be able to justify the lower prices. That's why we have to get more of the numbers for not just dispensaries, but all the different licenses up so that prices can come down so that you can afford a normal person can be able to right. get the medicine they need and not get rid spend of the sales tax. That's well, and then we're going to catch 22 because I know they put the 10% and they said that, but let's be honest, New Jersey has a tax problem. We need the revenue. So we can put it low, and yes, we have to play that game, but we need to help out our state at the, right. at the same time. As far as medical goes, no tax. Oh, no, no, no. Medical is, and the governor has said this, me medical is about the patients. Adult use is for social justice, one, and then second, obviously, for New Jersey to get some tax revenue. If they make the taxes too high, then uh, they're just going to continue the black market, exactly. which doesn't bother me because the black market serves <laughs> pretty well. Everybody, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. you unfortunately. Know, I mean, that's the real market. If your yeah. daughter is smoking uh, cannabis at school, or you know, you would, you should drop to your knees and thank her and, and tell her to not do anything else, because it used to be the stereotype. Oh my God, my kids are smoking weed. If that's all they're doing, you should be quite thankful and encourage them to like, okay, don't, don't do it, you know, stay home, go into the basement, hang out, have a little party, whatever, but don't go outside, don't drive. Um, yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not advocating for no. her to do it, and she doesn't do it. Um, you know, there isn't enough research, and the adolescent brain is growing, there are right. all these systems growing, so I, right. I do not advocate. No. But, you know, you're fine putting them on all these pharmaceutical cocktails and stuff. So, 
you just all. you just have to wonder about it. But the point being, not that I'm saying you know make it clear that teens are going to be the teens are doing cannabis. This is not legalizing it is not going to introduce them to it. It'll allow the market to be controlled better. Just as they drink. Just as they drink. Right. Yeah, they they drink and they 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 got the smoke. I, I wanted to pull back a little bit back to what you were bringing up before um, and sort of breaking down that stigma of a of it being a gateway drug. A lot of people associate that because of its illegality, because that person who has marijuana may also have all these other illicit compounds available. And then when they're available right in your face, like people are gonna try those things. So the fact that they are ha their point of access is illegal is allowing them to have access to those things. When, they, when there is a legal realm for people to go into, we don't have to talk about those things. So we can control that. It's like we don't think of like an alcoholic going out uh, and like trying to get whatever replacement because they're going for alcohol because it's legal they know what they're going for like if there is a re uh, particular space for that it eliminates that gateway mm. you know one of the comments that came up during uh, a mid-jersey chamber meeting um, on cannabis uh, was on the federal level that Jeff Sessions had said that they would not interfere with local laws but if you broke those local laws federally, they would come after you. So when we talk about um, keeping the black market, that may actually put more people in danger for incarceration if they don't actually get the proper credentials to be able to sell. If you look at the raids right now, I mean, there are raids going on, but they're all based in counties that dispensaries are not allowed. They are illegal dispensaries. These are not legal dispensaries that the, you know, and I think it's sheriffs at this point. It's, it's not even the... Um, federal but the sheriff's going in and raiding and they're not going after the the ones that are exactly following the state laws and that's what's important for anybody that's getting in the industry they have to stick you know and uh, dot all the the i's across all the t's no but matter you see what the, the amount of money it costs to right. start i mean it's just that it's not it's not feasible for a normal person like myself you know what i'm saying i mean but or, or even your background I mean, right. because one of the things he said is that any of the investors need to have cash. Mm -hmm. They need to have cash sustainable for multiple years of business, and that no one involved could have any blemishes on, on their, their right. um, history. So it's almost eliminating, you know, almost 90% of the population. The good news is that the Trump administration will be the very last presidential administration that cannabis will be legal, illegal on the federal level. Wall Street is... They can't run fast enough. They can't cut checks fast enough into this industry. And if the Republicans will hear one sector of their base, it'll be Wall Street. And if Wall Street says to Trump to get Sessions off their back, you know, and get, get Sessions off the back of all these dispensaries, um, Trump will listen because, you know, money talks, as they say, and BS walks. And, and Wall Street is behind this 100%. And so that means that we're living in an age where the next administration will have no choice. Because by the time, by the time 2020 comes around, there are going to be even more states that are legal recreationally. Oklahoma just went legal medically. If Oklahoma can, can, do, can go legal medically, you know, Alabama and all those other states are going to fall with all the domino effect down in the south so again we're you know there's good news out there and it's just be patient be smart and be careful 
Um, but in 2020, you know, if, if, the, if the nominee for the Democratic Party doesn't have a clue as far as what their position should be on cannabis, then they don't deserve to be president. You know, and Wall Street's behind it. Uh, Republicans, the former Speaker of the House, um, Boehner, John Boehner. John Roger. Yeah, Boehner is now a, a part of a, a Wall Street investment company that focuses on cannabis. All of a sudden now, cannabis is not a gateway drug to Mr. Boehner. You know, it's a gateway to his wallet. Um, but you should exclude. So what, what's good for your manager? What's good for your viewer? Because I think that's where you're trying to get to. You're trying to get to this for your viewer is to focus on him. Because this, everyone's talking about all this money. It's if we can do it right on the state level for him then you have more people who are going to be able to grow at a fraction of the cost. I'm talking a fraction of what it is to pay to play in the medical space in New Jersey. And they, your viewers need to hear about him. They, there's enough, they can go to NJ.com and hear everything we've had to say tonight. They're not, they don't have access to hemp. And they need to know when they go buy tinctures on the shelf, this has THC in it, this does not have THC in it. They don't understand that. They're seeing hemp extracts and they're saying, great, this isn't marijuana. Let me go buy it. Sublingual, sublingual, capsules, capsules. Oh, I just tested positive for THC. I lost my job and I'm on the federal level. That's a problem. So hemp is the most immediate thing that they can start implementing into their lives to make change happen, period. And, and that's also from the, the nutritional portion as well, correct? You can go to and that's why all the grocery stores in Trent need seeds, they need flour, they need to be able to go home and bake with hemp flour, which doesn't have your high carbs and all these empty carbs. You're getting your protein, your amino acids, your fiber. You're getting your kids off your diabetes medications because of your diet, not because of these cannabinoids that we've been talking about tonight, it's because of your diet too. And they need, they need to be well fed, a couple scoops of seeds in the morning, maybe like a hemp muffin, they're good till lunch. That's their nutritious breakfast for the morning. That's very interesting because there's, there is not enough no. education out there. Like I, I want to go home and go look. Yeah, and I, I think. Educate uh, myself more on hemp because it's true. Like what everything you're saying is. ShopRite has the best access, I think. Very, very yeah. minimal. Yeah. Yes, cereals. they're just starting to get this into their stores now. You're not going to get it into the Acme's. That's why Acme's out of business. What's thriving? Whole Foods and Wegmans. Why? Because they have hemp in there. And Trader Joe's. I get my cereal from there, and it's hemp cereal. Just like the natural source uh, stores alone. I know there's a Big Bear that's like over in Hamilton. That's, and over that's the bridge. That's Old uh, Avenue. That's Big Bear. Yeah, Sansi Pharmacy. Old Avenue. Fifty oh, yeah. percent yeah, of yeah. their uh, supplements are Old cannabis Park, related. Park, Park, mm -hmm. So it's just oh, trying okay. to get. That's what your viewers can immediately take away with cannabis is the diet part. Yep. And Jack, I noticed you have. So I would say one other thing about about your point. I think we focused a lot on the positive aspects of the cannabis industry and what it can do for New Jersey, but we'd be remiss being in the state of New Jersey with all the pharmaceutical companies to not acknowledge the lobbyists, the pharmaceutical lobbyists, who are completely against a plant, a medication, that would take away from so many of their sales. So although there's clearly so much benefit to be had from growing the cannabis industry, 
for you know Merck, Pfizer, Johnson Johnson, all these big companies that are producing all these medications that, as I was saying before, that you can really reduce the pharmaceutical burden of, they're terrified that you could have one medication that could treat all the symptoms of one person, and they have no interest in it becoming legalized. So although there are lots and lots of benefits from taxes and things, you also have to anticipate these lobbyists and these economic obstacles even from Wall Street. To touch on that, I think Jersey dealt with that through the Christie administration. I think at this point in time where Jersey is, I think the pharmaceutical companies are fighting a losing battle. Right. Um, I think it's going to end up becoming legalized, whether they like it or not, or continue lobbying or not. And if you can't beat them, join them. Exactly. And well, that's I forgot the name of the which ones, but like yeah. smaller ones that are around in New Jersey, they are actually finding ways to get into the industry yeah. and find a niche somewhere somehow. But the government owns a, point, a patent. Yeah. At mm -hmm. this point, I think the pharmaceutical companies in New Jersey at least are fighting a losing battle. And some are realizing it. And some are just gonna keep fighting until it actually becomes legal, and they're probably still gonna keep fighting it. But I think legalization happening in New Jersey is inevitable. And um, it's getting cold. Yeah. But uh, I was gonna start wrapping things up. Did anyone have any questions before I start going? To I wanted to make one last comment, and I apologize if I've uh, spoke spoken a little too much. Not you know, I'm sorry. Nah. Um, but here's there was like one other thing I wanted to stress, and. Um, just lost my thoughts. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hot, believe it or not. Um, but I'll, I'll come back to it. Uh, yeah. So for the medical professionals here, what's the latest count of cannabinoids that you've heard are possible to be discovered? Because right, there's maybe like 100 or so that haven't been, and there's, what's that other X number that are, they think is, cause like you hear so many different hundreds thrown around, like yeah. what's? Uh, right now we don't know. Still, yeah, yeah. The, there's not enough research because the only research that's being done is on the outdated source that's in Tennessee. So there's a, the government source, but there's been, like we were talking earlier, all that black market money has gone into a tremendous amount of research and development into some amazing strains and some overwhelming strains. We need to be do, researching them. We don't know what cannabinoids are present in those because we aren't uh, allowed to research it the way that we can. Because of the federal laws. Yeah. restrict your ability to do your clinical trials and your, your specific research. Yeah. yeah, so you can't, you, uh, as a, as a preclinical researcher, you have to take the source from the government because of the way the rules are right now. And uh, to touch on that, I think it's also, there's not one regulated way to test the product right now. And like, that's where the government needs to come in and be like, this is how we're going to test it. And these are what the numbers are going to come from when you test it. Because, like, right now, I know people that uh, over in California, like, where it's legal, like, they'll take their weed to, like, these labs, and they'll find out the percentages. And then they'll go to another lab and get a completely different set of percentages. Wow. And, like, there's not one regulated way to test the product. And it hopefully be, with the FDA getting involved, like, it'll, like, clarify that a little bit. It would be nice, like, if underwriters' laboratories or some respected organization yeah. like that can get into testing cannabis instead of allowing the government to. I mean, so the government needs to lock us up for this job. The school that I go to does that. We do that. Our school does that. The school that I did my PhD research does that. They're working on that right now. Are you getting underwriters' laboratories? So the, they, what they're working on right now, once there is a grower in Pennsylvania, they will be doing that that research in Pennsylvania. So there are people that are willing to do that, some really passionate scientists who want to do that. 
um, and they want to they want to cash in as well. You know, they they see this as an opportunity to one help out a lot of people, and then also sure. maybe put themselves up to help out their families. Is there an opportunity to take a look at the research done in Israel and apply that here? Sure, I mean, sure, sure, sure. So it's hard. It's hard to apply international research to the FDA. The FDA is the body that makes all of our decisions. So if you're not going through that regulatory body, you might as well just be making up stuff and going forward. So it's very important that if we want to have it uh, throughout the nation, we have to make sure that the FDA. It's, it's going to be very difficult. The FDA is a one compound test type of idea. There's too many compounds inside of marijuana for them to even envision a clinical trial. To play devil's advocate on the national scale of legalization, I've talked to people that don't think it's as of a good of idea quickly as soon as people are saying because once that goes that way, now they regulate everything. And we have to remember that it could be good, it could not be as good. And that's one of the things that right now we can't forget and say like, just legalize, legalize. That's not necessarily the answer. It's you have to do it well, and they have to strategically do it. Just like New Jersey and Trenton trying to figure it out, they can't just throw it out there because they don't know what to do, so just throw something out there type of thing. And that's the only, being devil's advocate, the only side that people have been talking about. It could happen. That's All right, great. Um, so first off, like, I'm super excited with the conversations that we're happening. Um, <laughs> There's so many times like I go in, and it's like usually like me doing a lot of talking, or you know, and that doesn't usually play out really well. So the fact that there's multiple, so the fact that there's multiple expertise and knowledge that's being shared and spread um, in this room, like it's great, and I love the fact that I love the energy that's just flowing through uh, this room and. Um, going back to what brought this meeting together, uh, which was the city council meeting on like the zoning and everything, like uh, I did have like one or two of them saying that they were going to show up, which they did. Um, really wish they would have, but I'm going to keep pressing on them to show up to the next one or the next one after that. But it's getting those people into the room to understand why zoning is so important and why we can't be heavily uh, regulated and restricted in like creating an industry here in Trenton. Honestly, I'm, what I heard from the city council meeting it was, it was a lot of questions, but it was um, a lot of, I left with like a lot of optimism. Um, before, when they talked about cannabis, like they didn't even like mention it. Like they just shot it down. Like they didn't even like vote on it, like gave like blank stares to people. And to like actually like have a flowing conversation shows that they're um, at least open to the idea. So um, I always say, if you could reach one, you could teach one, and then so on and so forth. So you could just leave here and just tell somebody about the next meeting that could happen. And I think like one of the focal points to focus on the next meeting is um, it's going to be November, so we should find out if Trent is going to have a vertical uh, cannabis business in the city. Um, that would be great to know um, who that person is. Uh, I'll try to get them to come out to the next meeting and keep building on like what a I want to just keep building off these meetings, bring in the right people to discuss Hold what can happen, what get read in here eventually. He's he's busy, but I'm sure like his like someone from his office will be able to come out eventually. Yeah, like, um, he helps us find out so what happens. Yeah, like we've definitely got the ear of the mayor, and he 
he's obviously given the green light as far as like cannabis in the city of Trenton go. So right now, like it's really just up to us doing the groundwork and the footwork and the due diligence and like making sure there's a, a right law that's uh, implemented here in Trenton. And to, one of the things I did want to touch on and just hit me and we were talking about federal and state laws and there are also like municipality law. Like Trenton can like create its own ordinance on a level where they don't have to check into the state. One of the things that I tried to get done last year with the old city council was a low prioritization as far as like cannabis go. So that what that pretty much means is not to criminalize, but the police aren't um, as like amped up to make cannabis arrest. There's no there's no there's no bonuses for cannabis cannabis arrest. It'll just be a ticket if anything or a fine. Chester wasn't too into that. Was that Chester wasn't too into that. Uh man, who knows who was into it? They all said they liked it, but no one actually put it on the table and like made an actual I tried to, to make write it happen. A few emails, he never responded. Yeah, yeah. Like I spoke to him and it was always yes, yes, yeah, yeah, and then never happened. If, if you're talking about politics, I'll just remind you, uh, voter registration deadline's October 16th for the state, <laughs> so if you haven't registered, please do. Um, there is a, a big election coming up on November 6th. Um, I'm holding my nose and voting for Bob Menendez because Hugan is, you know, if you want to see restrictive laws, if you want to see the pharmaceutical companies requiring people to buy their patented strains, um, this is the that that's the kind of laws that he would be interested in because right. that's and that would be for the states for the Senate our, our Senate you know vote for, sa for Sabrin yeah well you know I <laughs> I you know this is yeah I, I this that's is right. dangerous <laughs> is really dangerous okay and so anyway um uh, but I I would uh, I would urge everybody to please and get your friends and family if you're not registered uh, I have some forms in my car if anybody needs right. one.